0: Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Betting Pros NFL podcast. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. Today, we're joined by someone with whom I am very excited to speak. He's Dustin Galker, a longtime and, if I may say so myself, brilliant sports journalist who is basically the authority, in my opinion, on the sports betting and online gambling industries. He's currently the head of content of LegalSportsReport.com and PlayNJ.com, as well as other sites, which you can check out any time to see exactly where things stand in terms of the legal sports betting landscape. Dustin, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, honestly, as I said, I've been looking forward to talking to you for a while because really, you know, everybody's very excited about the fact that sports betting is now quote unquote legal. And so they really want to know what I really want to know, frankly, is how we got to this point and where things stand and where things are going to look going forward. So we'll talk about all of that today and more. But to get started, this is a betting pros podcast. And a lot of you listening might not be familiar with the site bettingpros.com. You know, if you're a fan of Fantasy Pros and or if you have any remote interest in betting on sports, then you're going to be a pretty happy camper. Betting Pros pulls together expert picks from across various platforms. It objectively rates the advice and then it turns them into consensus picks. So if you go to bettingpros.com, in addition to in-depth articles and analysis, you're going to be able to get consensus picks from over 150 experts, either for over-unders or against the spread. You'll see the accuracy ratings for everyone who is submitting picks, You can compare expert picks for any game you want, and you can see consensus odds across sportsbooks to make it easy to compare the various odds that are out there. Now, whether you're a novice or an experienced gambler, it's got a ton of great content that can help you maximize your return on investment. Now, with all that said, although the vast majority of these podcast episodes are going to be about offering sports betting advice, today is going to be a little different, as I said. Because we're pretty much at the inception of the show, I wanted to sort of examine the sports betting landscape, for lack of a better way to say it. Now, Dustin, you are immersed in this stuff, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners are basically at the level of understanding of sports betting was illegal and now it's legal full stop. So what I'd like to do today is kind of demystify the entire sports betting universe. First, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, because like I said, you're essentially my hero, how you started out generally, how you got into this area specifically and everything you do on a day to day basis. Then I want to discuss the history of sports betting in the country, when and why it became illegal generally, how we got to the point where it was legalized, etc. And then lastly, let's get to the current state of sports betting in the country and what we expect to see now in the next few months and maybe even the next few years. Does that work for you?
1: Uh, Sounds good to me. Yeah, I think you might want to pick a different hero. Just me. but, uh, (laughs) but, But I'm flattered.
0: Man, if you knew me, you would really honestly, this is like my Christmas morning right now. It's very <laughs> exciting for me because, you know, you have so much knowledge on this area. And frankly, I mean, in addition to just, you know, enjoying sports gambling as a as a personal sort of gambler, I'm, I'm very interested in sort of the legal sort of background of how it got here and when it became legal and what it means now. So let's start a bit with your personal background. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm a journalist by trade. I've been doing this pretty much since before college. I started out taking like little league scores at uh, my local high school, my local paper uh, back in Pennsylvania. Just wanted to stick with journalism, Worked for the Washington Post out of college. And then it's uh, pretty much in sports journalism. And then I, I was, you know, as you know, I'm sure your listeners know newspapers not doing so well these days. So, look to for a way to get out of that, and just kind of latched on with legal sports report back in 2015. Back as daily fantasy sports was just starting to take off, DraftKings and Fanduel were were the the hot ticket back then, and we, actually most of my writing was about them and daily fantasy uh, once upon a time. And which is a wild thing to think back on is that 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 used to be the, my uh, bread and potato, my bread and butter, meat and potatoes, what have you. And now we're writing about sports betting all the time so yeah so i i just kind of latched onto that i've been you know online poker player and not not a professional gambler by any means but i've gambled uh, off and on throughout my career and have, was involved in the online poker industry and it was a pretty uh, pretty easy transition for me because i kind of understood the players and what was going on uh able to you know play, despite the fact that i don't have a legal background able to kind of break down what was going on on a legal legal front for for daily fantasy and sports betting and yeah, just, uh, you know, like you said, in the last few years, or basically the last year, it's really taken off to the point that, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot more people covering this space and a lot, lot more interest in it. So and uh, yeah, now I just now I run a bunch of sites, Legal Sports Report, one of them mostly focused on the online sports betting and online casino industries.
0: So what's like a typical day for you now? I mean, considering the explosion and considering that, you know, it seems like every day a new state is either legalizing sports betting or they're setting up infrastructure or there's some new development. So what's like a typical day for you at this stage of your career?
1: Not too many typical days. I used to just sit down and write every day. I wrote something like a dozen stories a week and edited uh, edited sites. And now I just I'm kind of sit on top and uh, just manage sites and, and make sure we have writers available to write this stuff because we're just, uh, our, our company is just constantly, you know, creating new websites. So yeah, we're those new states, we're creating new websites. Um, we have a, a, a brand of sites called uh, the Play U.S., under the Play USA umbrella, Play NJ, uh, Play Pennsylvania, which are the two big sports betting markets right now. And then we're, yeah, right right now I'm, we're constantly launching new sites, uh, Indiana, one of the new new states coming on, Play Indiana. So, uh, yeah, my day is not, uh, not quite what it used to be when I was uh, writing, you know, furiously every day about what was going on in, in fantasy and in sports betting. It's more kind of trying to prepare for what the media landscape will look like, you know, six months, a year, two years from now.
0: Right. And what exactly is, you know, you're mentioning the different states. You said play NJ and and play Pennsylvania. What exactly are those sites doing? Are they just monitoring the progress of sports betting in those individual states?
1: Yeah, so we do news facing content, they're Google News listed sites or we cover the the industry, what's going on, um, you know, if what what, you know, what the industry might want to know, what betters might want to know, what just, you know, the layperson who just wants to learn about more about legal options in in those states um or or, or nationally. So we just we cover the news, we provide information, um, you know, if you just want to know what's going on in that state, we'll we'll provide that and yeah, we're uh Turning out a lot of news stories, I think you know, across the network that I run, we're doing probably you know eighty ninety stories a week just on gambling, which which might sound crazy, but there's there is an appetite for that,
0: no, absolutely, absolutely with the change now, I mean everybody's really kind of into it, and we are going to get there, but I do want to start first um at kind of the evolution of legalized sports betting, right? I mean, we talked about obviously there's a case that suddenly after the case came. Sports betting was essentially, I won't say it was legal, but it was no longer illegal, for lack of a better way to sort of describe it. But to the extent, I mean, you know, where did sports betting stand kind of in in the history sort of of the country before all of this came to light?
1: Yeah, I mean the only place that has been legal till really till this this past year was Nevada. It's been legal there for decades. Uh, obviously sports books cropped up uh you know in the desert there and uh, it's it became pretty big business and a big attraction for for Vegas. You go if you ever if you ever been there for the Super Bowl or March madness, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. It just those those sports books there are kind of crazy. So um but yeah, the the law that was in in uh 1992 to just kind of stopped anybody else from legalizing it before anybody else really thought of it, and so it's existed, you know, largely as a, a as a you know a black market op- opportunity, you know, just your your corner bookie before the advent of the internet. Now, and with the you know with the, the, internet, the rise of the internet, there's obviously dozens and dozens of websites that will take your bets that uh, that you know uh, operate you know, outside of the jurisdiction of the United States and state laws. So that's where sports betting's mostly been and then yeah, and then it was kind of just in hiatus, there's nobody could really legalize it or expand on what what was done uh beyond Nevada. So, out of curiosity,
0: and and I'll ask a couple of different follow up questions. But here, do you know, like 1992, and, and the law, if I'm saying it right, the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, right? Is that correct. what it was called? Okay, and Passball, I'm going to say for short, just because yes. I can never don't say that. It. Don't
1: say don't say the whole thing every time. That's no,
0: right. no, I mean this podcast would go on for four <laughs> hours if I had to do that. Um, so you know that comes in in 1992. Out of curiosity, what happens in 1992? That suddenly people, if you know, that people are sort of saying, I was wondering if it had anything to do with because the whole Pete Rose thing, obviously, I mean, that was in the late 80s and early 90s where the Dowd Report came out and and all of that and the the impact of sort of sports gambling, whether that had anything to do with it or was it just kind of 1992, a random year that things started?
1: No, I mean, that's just the year that the the law got passed. It was the, you know... uh, Representative Bill Bradley a former professional basketball player was the was the sponsor of it um it it had been a, the idea of it had been around for a little bit and then it just kind of it just kind of happened in in 92 uh, in congress there wasn't i don't think there was any proximate events that said oh we need to do this right this second but you know um you know i think Bradley obviously this was a pet pet issue for him uh, being a former athlete and yeah you know in in and he's even after the Supreme Court decision he said he said it's a bad idea that this happened but you know for what what really what passport really did was create. That that offshore illegal market that w- that I've been that I talked about and mentioned that you know it wasn't really banning sports betting in any meaningful way. All it was doing was stopping legal sports betting and from regulating it and from states uh, or the United States from from capturing any kind of revenue from it.
0: Right. So that's interesting. One thing that you said I do want to ask about because I am uh, unfortunately a Knicks fan uh, mm-hmm. as I'm from New York and so Bradley Bill Bradley is still against it. He was against the Supreme Court decision that overturned PASPA.
1: Yeah, I mean, he thought this was a, a good piece of legislation, and no, uh, he, no, he, he, yeah, he came out afterwards. I believe he wrote an op-ed, or I saw comments. I, I honestly forget exactly what he said, but he he did come out and saying this was a, he thought it was a mistake that he believed that you know this kind of opens up. I'm, not, I'm paraphrasing, but Pandora's box. It's a lot. What a lot of people use that we're, we're we're have expanded sports betting. This is gonna this is gonna change sports for the worst, and you know that's that's kind of counter to what everybody's believed. You know, NBA, Major League Baseball have really come around on this from saying okay we can't we're not really banning this in any meaningful way we should take we should bring it into the sunlight we should be regulating it make sure we have uh you know we can see into what bettors are doing with with data what's going through sports books so yeah i don't think uh, yeah he he was still not a fan of it but you know at, at the same time i think the i think the world is a lot different place than it was in 1992 when the law was initially passed
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you're not a lawyer. So if I ask you any questions (laughs) that you're like, I don't know that I I don't have a legal background. So that's fine. So I'll try not to do that. But, you know, my understanding of PASPA and the reason why it was still um, legal to do it in Nevada was because essentially there was almost a grandfather clause. If if sports, if uh, states were allowing sports betting at the time PASPA was enacted, they were allowed to continue doing that. Is that right? Is that why Nevada was still allowed to do it?
1: Yeah, so basically it was it's weird because the law didn't actually specifically mention Nevada, but the understanding was other states were if they if you already legalized it, you're okay, which the only one that had single game wagering was was uh was Nevada. So there were the three other states, Oregon where I live, Montana, and Delaware all had limited forms and we're talking really limited. Delaware had Parlay betting on NFL games. Uh, the Oregon had a, had a had a lottery product. It was the same kind of thing where you could parlay games together. So it was really limited in all, the, all these other states. And you there's a short window where other states could have legalized it had they chosen to. It wasn't a hot hot topic back in 1992. But New Jersey with with Atlantic City had at least looked at it. Just the, the law did the, the legislation didn't make it to the finish line. So, but yes, that's why why the, why Nevada had it and why basically they had a monopoly on it until to until this past
0: year. And that's interesting. So I think you mentioned Oregon, Montana, and Delaware. Was that the third? Yep, that's correct. The yeah. three other states. Okay, so they technically could allow some sort of form of sports gambling even before uh, PASPA was declared unconstitutional. Is that right? They, but they didn't have obviously anything close to what Nevada had.
1: Yeah, they, like I said, the two limited forms in Delaware. Montana was even more limited. Um, but yeah, that's that's also why Delaware was the first. It was actually the first state. Post-PASPA to offer betting because they just said, Oh, we were already doing this. We're just going to expand it to single-game wagering. They didn't even have to pass a new law. So they just like turned on the lights really quickly. So, which is, which is funny because New Jersey fought this, fought this battle. And then Delaware kind of comes and they were the first, it was the first legal sports bets placed outside of Nevada were in Delaware. And then, yeah, here in Oregon, we're actually same thing. They're not, they don't have to pass a new law. They're just going to start offering sports betting here uh, less than a month, it seems like, uh, because of that existing law. Uh, that, said they could that the lottery could offer sports betting if they so choose.
0: Yeah, right. I imagine it would be easier for those states to do it. Um my my I mean you you touched on it a little bit in that paspa didn't really have the intended effect. I, if anything, it sort of made things worse because rather than sort of being regulated and everything like that, sports gambling still took place. It just sort of took place in you know offshore ways and stuff like that do you have any idea of sort of the amounts that we're talking about like what what size businesses we were talking about doing offshore betting and things like that
1: yeah back in 1992 i mean this was pretty small i mean the internet was barely a thing so there wasn't really a whole lot of wagering going on online back then so so again in, you know in retrospect like okay this kind of did shut down betting other than your local bookie who took in big cities who took who to who booked games or your your buddy at the bar who booked who might book something so but yes uh, you know obviously internet became what it is today and it it really became a major thing we have you know uh, there's several major players who take a lot of money there's not a a whole lot of great information because these are uh, these are uh, you know sites that are based in the Caribbean nations or Costa Rica so we have no idea what they're really doing but you know the the estimates we've seen most reasonable estimates are, you know, somewhere from like 60, 70 billion in, in total wagers a year to up to up to about 150 billion, you know, and then you take, you know, whatever amount of that is being held traditionally in Nevada, it's like five to 7%, maybe a little more depending on how how good your bookmaking is. So, you know, we're still talking billions of dollars of revenue going offshore, but yes, uh, but that just that, that sheer amount of money is flowing, you know, through banks and through the system and, and into sports books and then back to Americans. Yes, yeah, certainly tens of billions, if not more than 100 billion dollars every year. Uh, but in in the old days and still today, probably. Oh, right. Absolutely.
0: Because, you know, especially even now, where not every state and we will get to exactly where things stand right now. But certainly, you know, in most states, you can't just go out and place a, a bet on sports yet at this point um, because they're still sort of obviously rationing up all the infrastructure and everything. Like right. That. That's, okay. the,
1: that's the kind of the crazy part about all this is that um, yeah, most most people who are aware of this this decision at all are like this, "Oh, sports betting is legal now." Like that's that's a common uh, misconception. Is that okay? Now the Supreme Court said it was okay. I'm gonna just go bet. You you plug uh, sports betting into the old Google machine and you come up <laughs> right. with uh, you know come up with Bovada and Bet Online and all these other sites that are that are right. offshore sites that are not you know not operating under any kind of U.S. law. So it's it's actually probably in the short term it's probably been you know a really good thing for those sites and and yes. Companies. Exactly.
0: See, now you understand why I insisted on having you on right away, because that's the thing. People sort of when I talk to people about it, they're like, well, it's legal. I can just go out and do it. No, when you're trying to do it right now, you are almost certainly doing it for an (laughs) offshore account. You know, you're not. It's going to take time, which we will get to. But let's keep going now with how basically PASPA gets declared unconstitutional. Now, the case, it's I believe it's called Murphy versus NCAA. Is that right?
1: It was. It was originally called Christie for Chris Governor Chris Christie, but the, sure. he was uh, he left office. Uh governor, uh, Phil Murphy became it. So he got his name on the case. So he, he, he gets, he gets all the fame and glory. I don't know having that's fame and glory, but he does like to take credit now that his name's on it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I certainly would. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so out of curiosity before this case, which, uh, sort of came in from New Jersey, were any other states making any, you know, efforts in the courts to try to get PASPA overturned or was really New Jersey spearheading the Delaware had the done
1: this Delaware. It's done something similar and didn't really get anywhere with it, but they, they, they were in court to try to offer single game wagering same kind of thing where the the ncaa and the professional sports league stopped them from doing it um it never got as far as new jersey and they didn't really push the issue quite as much as new jersey so but yeah there was not really beyond that not really much else there new jersey's kind of been the the torchbearer um you know oregon again I'm, i'm i have more than enough knowledge about oregon because i live here but um you know they they actually shut down their sports betting product because the ncaa didn't didn't like it They're like oh we don't want to have events where where there's betting so they actually said we're not going to let you host ncaa tournament level events or championship events unless you get rid of this betting product And actually, we are successful for that year after they pulled uh, sports action the lottery product the ncaa came in and um said oh we'll have a we'll have a regional event, regional tournament games for men's basketball in portland so um yeah so there wasn't a whole lot of noise being made outside of new jersey so which is which is interesting considering all of the interesting in it now, and you know, uh, you know, dozens of states considering legislation in 2018 and 2019. All right. So without going crazy,
0: and again, I will reiterate that I understand you're not a lawyer, so I'm not going to hold <laughs> you sort of to
1: anything. But I do
0: know that you were from your Twitter, you were actually at the uh, oral argument in the Supreme Court for Murphy versus NCAA, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's correct. It was that's kind of a thrill. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I'm from. I I lived. I went to school in D.C. I went to George Washington University. Uh, interned in Congress and like going back and like, oh, I'm a media member covering the Supreme Court. I got I got a media pass, which is. I mean, you can just go and get in if you g- get there right. early enough. But I got in on a media pass. Sadly, I was behind one of the pillars, so I only got a partial view of everything that was going ah. on. Because the media seating, unless you're a regular uh, Supreme Court reporter, is not is not the best. But you still got to go in. You still got you know, space to type after, after the, after the hearing was the arguments were heard. And yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of cool to be there and, you know, see what was the beginning of the end of PASPA. And you just found your notes I saw right on Twitter all I, your notes I did I have a legal pad because you can't you can't record while you're in session while they're in session you just have to go in and, and take as much notes so I, I don't know how much shorthand writing I had done in, up uh, and <laughs> for a long time until that time but yes I have my I have my 20 plus pages of notes that I was hastily scribbling down. During oral arguments, so I could hopefully put something together quickly after the argument was was done. Man, I, to to show you just how
0: much of a nerd I am, I would like be obsessed with those notes. If like we, you were
1: my next door neighbor, I would be coming over every day and just kind yeah, of reading them because they're pretty you know, bad. They're pretty bad. Yeah. My handwriting when I'm writing fast is bad. I could, I'm sure at the time I could understand what it was. Now I'm looking at them like I don't even know what it is.
0: <laughs> All right, so tell tell me a little bit. Uh, you know, as as. Plainly as you can in plain speak about what you know Murphy versus NCAA was and how it got to the court and what eventually happened.
1: Yeah, so New Jersey for years and years argued that the that the the PASPA was telling the states what to do that this was a Tenth Amendment issue, states' rights that the the that Congress had basically said hey you can't you can't do anything about sports betting without this is this telling you how to do it, and that you that they they just thought that was ridiculous. I mean, certainly other states fight other things on states' rights, but New Jersey really wanted sports betting, really wanted to help Atlantic City out. So, yeah, I think it was originally man now I forget. It's two thousand uh, they, they they passed a law in two thousand eleven. Um, yeah, the it became an act in 2012 and then that triggered the court case it wasn't actually New Jersey suing because they just passed the law saying hey we want sports we're going to have sports betting here's the law and then the NCAA right just to and, be yeah, just yeah. to
0: be clear just to be clear that's how it works right I mean there's a law that says states you can't do this the state says well I'm going to do it and then somebody has to come in and stop them from doing it right, right. and so that's how the how the court case which is also works. which is
1: also kind of wild though because this is a these are this gave the PASPA gave to get too into the weeds but PASPA Gave uh, the right of of enforcement basically to pr- private leagues, like to NCA, uh, the other uh, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, and uh, the NFL were all against the law, and they were the they were the people that brought the case. Said we don't want this to happen. The DOJ joined the case in its first iteration. Uh, that New Jersey to be lost in the second iteration. DOJ was not a part of the case, but yeah, it was basically just those those leagues saying, okay, we don't want this law because. If the if they didn't have really standing under pass, but to do this, they wouldn't have there wouldn't have been even been a case. So unless the DOJ brought it. So it's it was interesting because, yeah, the whole, whole the whole time this pitted the leagues, which were saying this is going to be the death of, of sports if you allow sports betting uh, in New Jersey and, and beyond. So, yeah, it's that, that part of it's really interesting to me. So. Wait, what? did the leagues actually believe that, or were the league the league- Oh, I think they believed it back then. You know, the old the old guard. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing about how has developed, and we're getting a little far afield, but yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, the, yeah but sure. the commit the commissioners now. Um, you know, Rob Manfred, Adam Stur, uh Adam Silver, uh, they, they, they are totally different than our predecessors. And they're like, okay, sports betting is okay. It's not the end of the world. Um, you know, we should regulate it. We should do that. The old, uh, you know, the old, uh, the old guard was definitely like, believe this was bad news. I mean, everything white, uh, black socks, Pete Rose, all, uh, Donnie scandal. They were like, this is all going to happen more if sports betting becomes legal. Um, and that's why that, you know, that they really did believe that I think not, maybe not everybody in the leagues, but at least the commissioners certainly did, I think.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so who won in sort of the the lower courts? Was it New Jersey lost? Right? It was New Jersey appealing it all the way up to the Supreme Court.
1: Yeah. So what? So the first iteration of the case. There's actually two cases. This was Murphy Christie versus NCA. Two is the one that happened. The first one, New Jersey passed this law, lost in you know district court, lost in appeals court, never got taken up by the Supreme Court. So that was kind of it. Um, but the appeals court said, okay, you wrote you wrote your law this way, but if you wrote it slightly differently. Maybe it'll be okay, and maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. We we won't think it'll be it'll be okay under the Constitution. It won't, uh, or it underpass with the way you want to do it. So they they ch- they kind of change the law, passed the new law, immediately get sued again by NCA at all, and we have another case. So again, they lo- New Jersey loses everywhere. loses in district court. Losing the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, they actually uh, requested an uh, a hearing on banc, which uh, we're really into the weeds, but where every sitting judge on the on the uh, on the circuit listens to the arguments and then votes on it. They lost that. And then, then the big the big one was back was when the Supreme Court said the appealed to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said they'd actually take it. And as I'm sure you know, so many of of the cases the Supreme Court takes, they don't take them just to uh, you know rubber stamp. Okay, you did a good job, Appeals Court. They're often looking to saying, okay, we think that something was wrong here. So I'm not sure what the exact I forget the exact stats, but more than 50 of of cases that go to the Supreme Court get overturned. So that was the real first sign, I think that. New Jersey and sports betting might be coming because New Jersey had just gotten pounded in, in court over and over again, had never won any of these cases at any, any level of court. And then the Supreme Court case came. Uh, finally, the Supreme Court took the case.
0: And out of curiosity, and we will move on past the case and get to the current state in a minute, but I'm a nerd and I kind of like the stuff. You were at the oral argument to the extent you can remember. Was it clear from the oral argument that New Jersey was going to win or was it certainly up in the air?
1: I think you know we were we thought you know just like I said because they took the case we're already thinking okay the Supreme Court is looking for some reason to to say this is this is not right that this is this violates violates Constitution is going to agree with New Jersey's argument so that day yes we, like you could count votes and kind of listen to people and which justices sounded like they were really on the side of New Jersey and were asking questions to leading leading to that way you know I you know I think everybody who was in the courtroom that day thought new jersey was going to win afterwards certainly wasn't a slam dunk but you ask you, you just heard you can hear them asking questions the tone in their voice they were you know asking the the lawyers for both sides questions and the and the i think they were definitely seemingly harder on on the on the league side lawyers so um yeah i think i, th- I don't think we knew it for sure but i don't think anybody was came out of there thinking man new jersey is definitely going to lose and we're never going to get sports betting i think there was more optimism after that day all
0: right, so it's
1: now we've got the decision, which is about
0: a year ago at this point, right? A little more than that. Um, yeah, May and,
1: of last year. Yeah,
0: yeah, May of last year. Okay, so now it says, okay, great, this law is essentially unconstitutional. They can't enforce it. And what is the effect of that law? Because there is somebody in Alaska right now googling sports betting and again going to Bet Online and being like, look, I'm I'm gambling in Alaska and everything's fine. <laughs> but what was the actual impact of uh, the decision?
1: Yeah, so what it did, it didn't, all it did was basically wipe PASPA off the books. This is, it just made PASPA bad law. So all that really did was open up an opportunity. It didn't change anything immediately, other than you could argue it changed things immediately in Delaware, because less than a month later, they were full on single game wagering. So it basically took the, took the lid off and let states say, okay, if you want to legalize it, go for it. So West Virginia was an interesting one because they actually passed the law right before the case and then they were like okay we we can go now and they started working really hard on it and then actually had retail sports books open up and open uh, that fall so wow. yeah basically basically just let states do what they wanted to which is which is what what all New Jersey wanted to do and then you know it's it's i you know i i know sports betting is popular but even to me it's been shocking the kind of the pace at which things happened after that case how many states are interested in it, how many states have legalized, and just how many places you're going to be able to place a legal wager either now or in the near future.
0: All right. Well, that's what I want to know. And that's what people want to know. Okay, let's start with right now. I mean, I don't know if you know the exact number offhand, but where is sports betting legal in the United States right now as we sit here?
1: So I think the number is 10 I should have made sure I had this number. No, that's all right. There's, there's, there's the number of states with legal sports books where you can place a bet right now. I believe is ten. So the late, most recent one was New York, which has. Now for t- four retail sports books, no online sports betting, but yeah, you can, you can bet there, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Delaware, West Virginia, Mississippi, Arkansas, New Mexico, and obviously Nevada. So those are the ones that right the second you could go somewhere in the state and place a legal bet, not always online, almost actually most of those places don't have online betting yet. And then, yeah, then there's a, a larger list of states that have legalized it this year and it's, it's coming pretty quickly.
0: All right, so let me just make sure I completely understand that. So you have basically, essentially, um, let's divide it, I guess, into two two buckets. One is, where is it? legal and then where is it legal and operational essentially right because there are there are more than 10 states that have actually essentially what i'll say passed bills and the governor assigned the bill that says okay sports betting is essentially legal in this state but that doesn't mean that just you can go place a bet you know what i mean or anything like that they have to actually have until we get to online which we'll talk about in a second they have to actually have an operational sports book or something like that and you're saying that those 10 states that you rattled off very impressively by the way quickly i was looking i I was
1: i was cheating i was looking a map on our oh, website legal sports well, report so uh, so but I, I don't know if i could have come up, i probably could have come up with that off the top well, of my head but that's I a cheating.
0: great it's a great plug for the site anyway <laughs> so if you want to know where it is go ahead to legal sports report but that's what but there again because again i live and and really the reason why i'm asking is because i live in new hampshire and New Hampshire very recently, I know, mm-hmm. legalized sports gambling. The governor signed it. But if I wanted to right now, I couldn't just go out and place a bet, because there's nowhere to do that, right? But it is technically legal in the state, right?
1: Right. It'll yeah, they have passed a law. They will have a legal sports betting option as soon as, you know, they get through writing regulations, approve, licensing people to do it. There was actually a request for proposals out from the that will have allow companies to just just came out, I think, today, that allows companies in New Hampshire to no, say I want to do sports betting I want to I want to work with the lottery to do it there so yes New Hampshire's on that list other states on that list and again I'm going to be cribbing here I think I, I think I could probably that's come up fine. with an of my, I mean I do I do want to make it clear you are no
0: longer my hero but I, it's fine if you need to cheat no I'm sorry man it was a great run it was like a 25 minute run it's
1: great go ahead I'm it's better than I, that's better than I usually do anyway Illinois Indiana Iowa uh, are are in the Midwest and Tennessee also. All most some of those are actually really close to launch. Iowa is going to have retail sports books like in a week and a half or so. Actually, a week, August fifteenth, I think they go live. Um, so there's there Montana, New Hampshire, which you already mentioned, Oregon, where I live, is already legal, and they're again the running it here. Um, and then uh, yeah, Washington D.C. also has a has a uh, You're going to somehow have sports betting this year, too. So those are all the places where it's either legal now with the state of the list I had before or or there is a law passed or an existing law that will allow for sports betting. And all those states will probably happen 2019 or sometime in the next year. Okay, so let's 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 keep it to just the sports
0: books for now. Let's put online uh, aside. In how many states do we? First, of all, I guess how many states? Let, let's take a step back. How many states do we expect to see legalize sports gambling? Whether or not they'll have the you know the op, it'll be operational. How many states do we expect to see legalize sports gambling in the next couple of years?
1: Well, if you if you count any kind of sports betting in retail or and or online, you know we're at. I think the the list is eighteen right now. You know I think we'll add at least. 6 or 7 of that next year just based on what what we saw this year and the momentum so you know, three, four years from now, I think we'll see 30 plus states where there'll be some sort of legal, legal wagering. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's what most people, that's the number around 25, 30, I think w- was, is reasonable in the near future. And which is wild to think about when there's nothing a year ago, almost a year ago. Right.
0: No, it, it's really, the pace, you mentioned it, the pace at which this has happened is really mind boggling. And I, I think it's a great thing because I think, you know, I think it'll increase interest. I'm a huge sports fan, regardless of all of this, regardless of sports gambling, regardless of fantasy, I'm just a huge, huge sports fan. And I think that this, if anything, will just obviously increase the casual sort of uh sports watchers uh, desire to to pay attention to sports. Now, there is undoubtedly somebody sitting there in a state like Utah basically being like, when's my shot? That nope. There's no way. I mean, no, right? <laughs> no, there's no way. Are there any other states? That it's like, I mean, Utah just is the one that comes to mind. Are there any other states where we think eventually this is probably not
1: going to happen no matter what? Yeah. I mean, there's... Utah is the only one where absolutely not. Right. Hawaii also has no forms of gambling right now. They've actually introduced legislation, but hard to see Hawaii doing it just because of that. Like there's just, there's just a resistance to doing it there. Alaska is another one. I I don't know. I don't I don't know if there's a whole lot of appetite for it there. Um, yeah, and then you know there's bigger states. The bigger states are the interesting ones just because of. I don't, I'm not going to say they're never going to have it, but it's a slog. I mean, people in like Florida, California, and Texas, Those are the ones we always get because there's so many people there. Texas has really limited forms of gambling, kind of a, a, another state where it's have a resistance to expanding it. Florida gambling is kind of run by the Seminole tribe. They're not super interested in opening it up beyond them. California another place where tribal gaming is huge there's a lot of a lot of different people who want to be involved with it and any kind of gambling matter gets super complicated in California super quickly and there there's hasn't there wasn't even really a, a super a real push to get it done this year even though again there's legislation to do it so um I don't I don't th- those are, no, none of those places are never other than I think Utah Utah is, Utah is a never we know you know we, we, we could yeah, say but, we could say it but yeah every, I think every other state in the union is pretty is at least in play Okay. All right. And so what what, what is
0: sports gambling gonna look like in terms of how we're gonna do it? I mean, are there you've mentioned obviously the ten states uh, I think that already have sort of sports books, but is is the future of it gonna be you're gonna do it online, probably. Yeah, the fe- the future
1: has to be online. This is this is the thing I always hammer whenever I talk to anyone or if I'm writing about it. This, if you're not you're not legalizing online in tandem with physical sports books, you're just kinda of wasting your time. We you know, we've seen in New Jersey that 80% of wagers already you know, in the first year are made online. So that's, that's not cannibalizing people who would be going to the sports book other, otherwise that's just additive. People are able to, with the ease of betting from their phones or their iPads or what have you, that's how much activity there is going on. So if you're, you're really trying to capture the black market, trying to really generate any kind of real revenue, you have to have online. You know, Nevada, you know, people kind of point to Nevada is like, oh, they only had retail sports books for a long time. You know, they've been, they were kind of slow to online It's like around two 2011 they started having apps in the state and it's really hard it's actually hard in the state to you have to actually go to a sports book and sign up which is something that some of these states that we've talked about actually put into their laws as well that you have for some amount of time you have to go to the sports book and sign up which is kind of ridiculous like can you imagine yeah like any going like anything you want to buy online and you have to go to a physical location to sign up for your account and then you can use it like it's just it's a it's a wild dynamic but um yeah so but it's going to be online there's uh, even some of the states that have have already passed it. Rhode Island for instance only had retail sports betting went back and legalized mobile sports betting it's a it's a huge opportunity and it's the only way if you're really trying to again combat the black market you're not going to do it by just having brick and mortar sports books you have to have it online
0: right yeah no absolutely that's kind of what I've uh been assuming. Well, look, Dustin, I, I've really, really enjoyed this. I think probably our listeners have gotten a lot out of it. Just so again, they're not if you're on bet online, or if you're on Bovada, you're not you're not betting legally in your state right now. So so don't be thinking that. But uh, even though our relationship has obviously been damaged by the fact that you were cheating um, on <laughs> how many states have legalized it, I, I'd love it if maybe we could talk again in you know six months or something like that, just periodically to uh, see how everything is developing. And uh, I certainly hope you'll come on again as more and more states continue to uh, legalize this and put in the infrastructure to make it happen.
1: Absolutely. Anytime. The world will change again in six months, I'm sure, but I'll, I'll, we'll talk again. Absolutely. And in the meantime, just
0: remind everybody where they can find you and, and see any of your work or anything you want to uh, talk about.
1: Yeah. Uh, LegalSportsReport.com is the the main site that we run. Everything you want to know about any state related to sports betting. Uh, yeah. And if you Are interested in what's going on in certain states that site will have it or we will you can look at any of our sites if you're in new jersey or pennsylvania play nj play pennsylvania are the best resources for information in those states awesome well
0: thanks a lot for joining us dustin uh this has been a great episode this is the betting pros nfl podcast we'll be back next week with another episode and i'll talk to you then